When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Two getting us going, 908, fourth and final hour of your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, and the book is Unafraid. I've got the lovely Carrie Lake and a very handsome husband in studio. Before we get to Carrie, Sergio Gore is Mr. Winning Team Publishing, was here about three weeks ago, spent the whole hour with Judge Anine Pirro. That was great. And uh, yesterday you were texting me videos of you and President Trump and the crowd going wild in New Hampshire. So when you first came here a couple of weeks ago, I go, who's this guy? Why is he? Hey, he's a book publisher. I go, okay, fine, let him come in. Then I come to find, of course, you're not just a book publisher, but you're like President Trump's best friend. You have dinner a couple times a week. You're like a big-time guy. I don't know about that. But very Put his mic on, Lewis. Go ahead. Thank you, Sid. I think yeah. you're very kind. You know, um, the president's absolutely incredible. He loves you. We were actually talking about you yesterday. Is that and, true? And yeah, you 100%. Don't, you don't have to say that. No, no, no. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, we were talking about you because he asked me what I'm doing um, the next morning. Yeah. And as we were in New Hampshire, I said, well, the first thing is Carrie Lake's in town. And so she's going on with Sid. And, you know, John's a dear friend and Margot. And so it's always incredible to come back here. It's great to have you. And uh, I mentioned Carrie will join us momentarily and George Janine, but you've got a whole roster of very impressive people. Absolutely. So we started the company about two years ago, and it's myself and Donald Trump Jr., so his son. Um, we own it jointly. And in two years, we're up to almost a dozen authors, and wow. we're very selective. But every one of our books has been a bestseller, and that includes Carrie's book that came out yesterday, Unafraid. It's already a bestseller on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, um, and so we expect it to be on several lists. We have Don Jr., of course, the president. We published both of his books. His first book sold out. We couldn't keep up with demand. There was no paper in America for yeah. Joe Biden. Yeah. And so we ran out of paper. We have MTG coming out later this fall. Um, we're working on Matt Gates. Um, so we, we have some interesting – and, of course, we just, just did Judge Janine. Yeah, she was great. And uh, her She's book a was great, too. So you've got Green, you've got Gates, no Chip Roy, the rest of these psychos. You, you know, we, we, we keep the MAGA, the America first crowd. That's, yes. that's kind of our yeah. niche. And um, you mentioned Trump being in New Hampshire yesterday. It's extraordinary. Some people don't get to see all the sides of the president. And he had hundreds of people show up at all the events. They were sold out. People couldn't get in. He spoke at the Republican Federation of New Hampshire Women. Um, there was a individual who pulled up his phone and wanted to face some of them. He said, this is my friend in a hospice. He's dying. Oh. Can you please say hello? 
and the president could not have been more incredible. Just on the spot, Jim, you're doing great. I know you're going to pull through anything we can do for you. You have so many supporters. The guy was in tears. It was unbelievable. I'm not surprised. And he does um, stuff like that all the time. All the time. I mean, it's this, this misconception that all he's not a good guy. No. I, mean, I mean, ask this president how to do something like that. Right. Good luck doing something it's, like that. And, and, and look, he might get mad at me for saying this. As soon as we got back on the plane, the first thing he did is he bought lunch for all the officers that escorted him to the airport. Wow. You know, there's things, but he doesn't have, he doesn't like advertising those things. Yeah. But they're just the human touch of it is incredible. Yeah. So uh, before we get to Carrie here, he's doing great. The poll numbers keep coming up. They Absolutely. indict him, they indict him, they indict him, they they try to embarrass him, they talk about impeachment, all these things, and it just doesn't seem to matter because as my mom just pointed out not that long ago, we've had enough, man. We've had enough. And and there's only one guy who's proven proven, no disrespect to Ron or Tim or Larry, who was in studio yesterday, who's proven they can do it, and that's him. we got to get him back. You're 100% right, and his polls are absolutely incredible. I mean, he's 40 points ahead. He's some of them even higher. Um, DeSantis actually going down yeah. in New Hampshire. Um, surprisingly, Christie um, has gone from two points who? to three. Exactly. I don't even know who that is. But at three is that points. that guy who was governor of New Jersey? And he fell asleep <laughs> on a plane. Um, no, so his polls are absolutely incredible. He's out there nonstop. He'll be in Philadelphia tomorrow. After that, he's going to South Carolina. He's taken an entire town over Pickens, South Carolina, on Saturday. Um, a town of, I think, 5,000 people, and they're expecting 25,000 mm. people to show up. I wish he was on TV Tuesday night because July 4th is such an important holiday. When they see Biden up there, I get nauseous. Right. I really do. So, but uh, I don't think Biden time. knows what day it is. He has no you idea. You know what I mean? Right. It's, he it's... has no idea. I mean, some of that is true. He is his cognitive issues. There's no right. doubt. And that's why I feel badly for the guy. But what I don't feel bad is right. he's really a bad person. He's a criminal. He's corrupt. Correct. He's made millions and millions of dollars from our worst enemies. So before we start feeling badly for Joe Biden, he's not a good guy. No. Not a good Absolutely. guy. No. All right. I mean, you crooks. are, but he's not. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, uh, Carrie Lake is here, too. We'll get back to you, too, Sergio. Stick around. How's the coffee today? Good? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I best Irish Starbucks. coffee. Only I, I think it's Starbucks, so. And exactly. Starbucks did last week have a bunch of people walk out because they refused to put yep. uh, the gay stuff in their stores. Uh, Carrie Lake, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to be here, Sid. Great to have you. This is your second visit now in the last two weeks. That's you, right. You called me a couple of weeks ago, and now you're here in person. You like these studios, right? I love it. I mean, great view of the of New York, and um, the, this time we're here. Last time we were here, it rained three solid days, and so this time it's just perfect summer weather in New York. It's great to be here. And, and you, you know love what? New York. The people. The first time I came back here, like a few weeks ago, um, I thought I was going to have people, you know, because it's a liberal town, throwing coffee in my face. This town is so ready for a change. I don't. I don't even think New York realizes how conservative they truly are. I was walking down the street. People were stopping me. Thank you for being yeah. a fighter. Yeah. We appreciate you fighting. Don't stop fighting. And yeah. I'm like, where yeah. am I? Is this Manhattan? <laughs> yeah. No, but I think sure. New Yorkers are fed up with the, the crap that's going on in New York. They are. And I get the same treatment. And I'm not nearly as famous or as big as you are. But I do. But here's when New Yorkers fail us, though. They are tired of it. There are a lot of conservatives, but they don't vote. For example, there's a kid named Youssef Salam. This guy was part of the five kids wilding in the park in Central Park. Maybe he didn't rape that girl. Maybe he did. He became part of the quote-unquote exonerated five. He actually won a city council chair in New York yesterday. So while, yes, we do have conservatives, they don't vote, and they yell and scream afterwards, but could you imagine Carrie Lake, a guy like that, who is best friends with one of the guys involved in the 93 World Trade Center bombing has dinner with with uh, Farrakhan, and he wins? Could you imagine that? 
Well, I think conservatives are um, – they kind of throw their hands up and say it doesn't matter if I vote. The city's so – you know, liberal that my vote won't matter. And, and it, you, we, we do have to get out, even in a, in a bad, corrupt, um, I believe, many times rigged system. We have to get out and vote. And I'm, I'm hoping in 24 nobody pulls that. Well, the system's all messed up. Let's not vote. we got to show up in such huge numbers to get President Trump back in. Well, you it's talk about not showing imperative. up because of the rigged system. And there are two faces for that. There are two. One is the aforementioned Donald Trump. And the second is you. Because you got jobs in Arizona, so people go, wait a second, if I go vote, look what happened to Trump, look what happened to Lake. So yeah. while you're right, encourage people to vote, you become one of the bases of, does it really matter? Well, I, and nobody feels that more than me. I, I, that's one thing that President Trump and I have in common. We have kind of a kindred spirit because we've been through that, where you work so hard, you do things for the right reason because you love your country, you love your state, and only to have the corrupt people who run the elections, take it from you. And not so much just from me. It hurt personally. I hurt. I ache for the people of Arizona. And really, when they installed Katie Hobbs into the governor's office, it's not just hurting Arizona. It's hurting every state because it's a border state. It's a critical state. And, um, you know, she's incompetent, much like John Fetterman, much like Joe Biden, much like some of the people you mentioned. She's not bad. The Democrats are rolling out zombies and brain-dead people. Because they can't even find Democrats who are willing to spout no. the stuff that they've they've gone so far to the left that even old school Democrats don't recognize it. Look at RFK Jr. He's being ostracized by the Democrat Party. This is one of the legendary um, legacy Democrat families, and they're calling him a MAGA Democrat. They're even calling him a closeted Republican. Mm. So the Democrats are not the Democrats of yesteryear. They are truly Marxist. And I believe that a section of the Republican Party have gone globalist. Globalism and Marxism or globalism and communism are the same thing. Yeah. And so this is a fight right now between globalism and Americanism. Now, why would we vote in this system? Um, because I think when we show up this next time around, they are they they know we've seen every way they've cheated. And it's going to be a lot harder. You talk I, about the old school Democrats. I was one. I'm a Jewish kid from Brooklyn. And uh, I like the Democrats. Uh, But the last Democrat I liked was Clinton. I did like him. I don't like his wife, but I love Bill. I did. Now, the second term was a disaster. I know that. But I really thought Bill Clinton, the first term, was terrific. That's the last Democrat president I can say something nice about. Even something nice was Clinton. Would you or you hate him? You look at me like I got uh, 19 heads. Did he hit on you somewhere, too? What happened? No, he didn't. Actually, I did meet him once. Uh, it was in a crowd, and, um, you know, I was a lot younger, and we were in a big tent. I, I was covering it. I was as, as a journalist, but I wasn't, like, up with the press. I was in the crowd for some reason. I don't remember how I got in. I must have snuck into the side. And he, through this crowd, if I was, like, five rows back, oh, somehow lined over and shook my hand and made like the most intense eye contact. I'm like, this guy does have charisma. I'm going to give him that. I'm going to give him that. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard knowing what I know now. Maybe back then I would have said he was a decent guy, but now we know what he did. Well, I'm not sure he's a decent guy. I thought he was a good president. You know, those two could be different. You could be a, you could be a bad guy and a good president, or you could be a really nice guy and a horrible president. And now we I think, have... I think Barack Obama is not a bad guy, but for the for the better part of it, he may be a bad guy. But for eight years, he was a horrendous president. Oh, you think he's really? a bad guy, Barack Obama? You uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I do. I hate to burst anyone's bubble out there, but this is a guy who's spying on President Trump. True. On his campaign. True. Lied about it. 
Um, and I, I really despise what the pre- how the press covered him. Yeah. You know, at, with kid gloves, never asked a tough question. Black Jesus. I was there uh, I, um, almost a year to the day. I interviewed President Obama, and I talk about that in my book, and you see the pictures. Of course, they, the uh, my opponents used the picture of me as a journalist interviewing him and made it look like we're prom Well, I, I did say to you when I looked at the pictures, I go, you and Obama, what's that? And you made the same point. So, yeah. yeah. And I interviewed a year later. I went into the um, the Trump White House. I'm telling you. The difference between the press pool was night and day. A bunch of lap dogs under Obama, oh, you know, with love in their eyes, staring up at the podium. And then Trump comes in. He's brand new president, wanting to put America first. And in the 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 rabid animals in the press were attacking him relentlessly. It was really sick to see. As a journalist myself, I didn't like that because that's not our job. Did you like Trump from the very beginning? I loved him when he came down the escalator. I talk okay. about how I first met Trump as a child and, and growing up in Iowa. I remember babysitting, watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and I think that was the first time I ever heard of Donald Trump. No kidding. He came on the scene in the 80s. Remember, who is this, yes. this you here, know, sure. um, tycoon, this yeah. real estate tycoon? And I saw him and his beautiful wife and family, and, and I'm not sure which direction Trump Tower is. It's probably around here somewhere. Close. And he's in this beautiful tower, and I thought, wow. And I always... I've never been jealous of people's success. I've always wanted to know, how did they make it? How did they get to that point? And I think that's why I became a journalist, because I like to tell people stories. And so I would have never thought, growing, I mean, here I am living on a uh, you know gravel road in Iowa, watching TV, seeing the lifestyles of the rich and famous, and to think 40-plus years later I would be able to call him friend, have the utmost respect for him. And it saddens me greatly, because I am a journalist, a 30-year career journalist, to see what this field has become propaganda and truly, as Trump says, the enemy of the people. They have for eight years slandered and defamed him. True. One of the truly great Americans. And because they're trying to get these little brainworms in people's head to, to dislike the man, to hate the man. And they've created that hatred because well, he's a great person. Well, you say they created the hatred. In my case, it went the other way. I didn't vote for him in 2016. I actually thought, and I told him this, you know that, uh, Sergio. Yeah. Right to his face, I said, I thought your campaign was kind of sophomoric. You wore a hat. You're going to build a wall. You nicknamed everybody else. I told him that. I said, <laughs> this guy can't be. I loved him on The Apprentice. He can't be president. I hate Hillary, but I voted for her because I just didn't believe Trump could do it. Now, to this day, that's why he loves me. Because you know in 2016, if you love Trump, you'll always love Trump. Yeah. If you didn't like Trump, you're never going to like him. Well, I was adult enough to go, I'm voting against him. It took me a year to come to the conclusion outside of Reagan, best president of my lifetime. I think he is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up you on that. I think he is the greatest president one we've term. ever had. One term. you got to do two well, terms. Well, he, he should have done two terms. But I agree. we have rigged elections. I agree. Um, I, I believe he is not just the greatest president in America. I think he's going to save this country. I believe he's one of the greatest leaders in, in history. Yeah. In history. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I, and he's exactly what we needed. When he came down that escalator, now I'm in the newsroom, okay? So I don't share my opinions uh, publicly, but I heard people in the newsroom going crazy. You know, there's always socialists in the newsroom, and they were like, this guy, he's a racist, oh my gosh. (laughs) And I I happened to miss the speech because I was working, and so that night I made it a point to go look look for the speech, and I watched it. And it was like, ah, this guy's speaking my language, finally, the Republican Party's back. Yeah. And you know what he did? He's brilliant. He took part of the Democrat Party, the old Democrat Party, of caring for the working man and brought that into the Republican fold. This wasn't just the party now of white-collar workers, of uh, hedge fund folks, 
This is now the party of the working man and the working woman and families. He saved the Republican Party. It was on life support. He breathed new air into it, new energy into it. I loved his 2016 campaign. Actually, I did a lot of things in my campaign modeling off of that. Somebody said, uh, called me one day, and I had a, a half a day off because I had to prep for a, a debate. We had a Republican primary debate. And somebody said, uh, what are you doing? How are you prepping? I go, oh, I'm watching old Donald Trump debates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, listen, it worked out well. I can't argue. I, he's uh, a genius. He, he's no, a political he genius. He I don't is. care what they say about him. And if the press actually was honest with themselves, they would start covering him fairly. They're going to realize at some point, and it might be years from now, um, that they were completely not just unfair, but um, it was malpractice. They're not going to realize it. They already know it. They know. They're not stupid. You think Chuck Todd is stupid? He's not. You think Phil Griffin was stupid? You think Jeff Zucker is stupid? You think Chris? They're not stupid. They know exactly what they're doing. They're agenda-driven. They're biased. They're not yeah. stupid. They're not. Well, I think they're stupid, but, but you're, uh, th- that's evil. That's just evil. Yes, though. I agree. Evil, maybe a little stupid, but mostly evil. <laughs> well, uh, we got lots more to do with uh, Carrie Lake. The book is Unafraid, which she clearly is, folks. And uh, Sergio Gore is here, too, from Winning Team Publishing. She'll okay. be with us right till 10 o'clock. So we'll take a very, very short break, and we'll come back with Carrie Lake. Legitimate superstar, folks, trust me. She got it all, this lady. Come back with Carrie Lake right after these short messages. It's all right. It's all right. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. She keeps them always in a pretty cabinet. I was just telling my friend Carrie Lake, I spoke to Tom Arnold recently. She didn't know that his sister, because she's from Iowa, his sister was like the biggest meth dealer in the country. And they did a whole documentary, like a 10-piece documentary, on how she actually got all the meth from all these other states, and it was there in Iowa. Distributed out of Iowa? Yes. She went to prison for a long time. Tom was there. In fact, Tom and Roseanne, at the time they're doing so well, Roseanne paid for a lot of the legal bills. You don't know wow. what Wow, I love Roseanne. I absolutely you love do Roseanne. Love her. And I, yeah. I used to like Tom, but he just became very belligerent. Look, we all have difference of opinion. Yeah. Like, I don't think we have to get belligerent. We can get, you know, um, stern, and we can get passionate, yeah. but the belligerent part I don't like. And, you know, there's like a phrase in Iowa they call Iowa nice because everyone's so nice. For example, when my husband and I, the first time I brought him to Iowa, when we had kids, we were strolling down the street. There was some sort of a street festival going on, and uh, somebody stopped. We stopped and said hello to somebody, and we ended up having a 15-minute conversation with them. And, you know, I've got our kids in the stroller, and we finally finish it up. We stroll away, and Jeff says, so how do you know them? Did you go to high school with that guy? And I go, who? And he goes, the guy, the people we just talked to. I go, oh, I don't know who the hell they are. We we're just talking. Funny. This is how Iowa, Iowa is. people are. Yeah. So Tom yeah. became very angry and he belligerent. Is. A lot of them are. You mentioned Stern, Howard Stern, my hero. What happened uh, to him? He went crazy, too. Uh, Michael Rappaport. These are crazy, crazy people. But you got to be careful when you judge a book by its cover because you said to me at the break, you said, I don't know, I was coming to New York and meeting a guy named Sid from New York City. I was expecting some, like, older type of guy. And your exact quote was, you look like a hitman. <laughs> like, who is that killer walking down the hall? Oh, that's the guy you're going to be interviewing with. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, it, was, it was different for you. That's what's so great about radio. You know, you're just hearing, you're letting your imagination go. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I worked in TV as a television broadcast journalist, but I occasionally would fill in on the radio, and it's so freeing. It's so freeing because it you don't have to worry about all of this. No, and there's a credible, uh, incredible intimacy that I share with my audience. Now, I am, this stuff is uh, on video. Like, for example, if you look behind you right now, that's going to oh. be all over Twitter today and Instagram. Hey, well, you and... didn't tell me I was on. I would, I'm over here like, you know. No, no, you look great. This <laughs> camera here, you can't see, but this camera here has you on. You look terrific. And it's going to be all over the place. And I'm in movies and TV and all that type of stuff. So <laughs> okay. people know what I look like generally. But I want to get back to your book for a second. I have to tell you that I've done two books. Uh, one, you're wrong and you're ugly. It's 13 years old, done by a sports <laughs> publisher in Chicago. I swear to God. That's a great, that's a great title. Yes. Uh, and the other one was called Citizens United, came out in September, done by Post Hill Press, which is basically Simon & Schuster. But i got to tell you, it is hard to sell books. In your case, it's not going to be because, A, you're incredibly popular. You really are. You've got Donald Trump writing the forward for your book. You've got a story that every American knows about. Mm -hmm. So while selling books, trust me, I'm too in, it's not that easy. This, for you, is going to be a huge success. Well, you know, I pray. And and if if it's meant to be a success, God will will deliver that for me. But um, I just wanted to get this story out. How does this, you know, kid, the youngest of nine, grows up in rural Iowa, end up living the American dream, walking away from a dream career that I worked so hard, so hard. This was, I didn't have any connections when I got into broadcasting. And I made it to the top and walked away from a seven-figure contract Wow! because I could no longer lend my heart, my soul, my voice, and my reputation to what was going out, which I believe was propaganda. And then I end up somehow, when I just truly said, God, I'm, I'm handing my life 100%, not 50%, not 75 100%. I am yours. You tell me where you want me to go. An amazing thing happened. The people of Arizona started reaching out saying, would you please run for office? Somehow I end up in the middle of the political world at a pretty consequential time. Let's face it, this isn't, these aren't normal times. I end up in the middle of the political world leading a movement in Arizona of moms and dads and, and grandparents, students. You know, it's, it's just amazing. And I want people to know the story. I don't want people to lose hope right now. We're in dark times. But I want your listeners, and this might be a little too touchy-feely for New York, Sid, just snap my neck if it is. <laughs> yeah. um, we are never, we have never been closer to taking our country back than we are right now. We're closer today than we were yesterday. We're closer today than we were a month ago, two months ago. And every day, more truths come out, um, more evidence comes out. And I believe we're going to take this country back. I'm seeing it. When I'm on New York, the streets of New York, and people are saying, don't stop fighting. There's yeah. something going on. No, listen, it's a very big state. But we can't There's lose millions hope. Of people. What, what, what is happening as of late uh, that you've come to this conclusion? What's happening? Well, I, I'm seeing again. little um, little victories here and there. Now, you might say, well, Carrie, your case, the judge shot it down. He, he didn't rule in your favor. Well, we're appealing it. But guess what? In our, We were the first election case that ever got to court where the evidence got out. And the judge may not have the courage to do the right thing. But anybody who's reasonable, who listened to that evidence, knows what they did in, in Maricopa County. It was a rigged election. They messed with us. They messed with our sacred vote. And while the judge didn't rule in our favor, the public knows what happened. And we just found out, I, I, I might have the numbers a little bit off, so I think it was 700,000 or so, these phantom voters in New York. Mm. You heard about that, right? Yes, yes. People don't exist. They're dead. They're gone. They don't live here. Right. 700. This isn't 700. This isn't 7,000. 700,000. 
Maybe New York isn't as blue as they say it is when that kind of stuff's going on. Now, I don't know where we get the full justice because right now we're not living in a system where there is justice. It's unfair. But this information's coming out. And as we, the people, learn about it and we remember, we hold the power. Our founding fathers set up this beautiful country with a constitution where we, the people, hold the power. Not these sick bureaucrats, not the weak government. This government wants us afraid of them. They should be afraid of we, the people, because we hold the power. One of the things that uh, Trump supporters talk about is this, what you're talking about now, rigged elections and confidence in that. And uh, some of Trump's most ardent supporters have said, hey, Donnie, baby, enough. We got it. Yeah, 2020. Move off 2020. If you really want to win in 2024, talk about what you did well, the difference between you and Biden. Stop talking about the election. And Trump goes, no, I'm not going to because that is one of the big issues in our country today. And quite frankly, maybe it'll happen to me again. So he continues to bring it up even against some of his most ardent supporters' wishes. Well, I support him in that. (laughs) I know you do. You're in the same boat. I think the people who say that are short-sighted. And and, and to me, that's a red flag. Any Republican who's saying, just ignore 2020 and 2022. Really? You ready for 2024 Not just ignore it. Tell tell people you lost. No, that's absurd. That's absurd. And here's why I'm a mother. I'm a mother first and foremost. And if we have a trouble in our family, if I find out my son or my daughter has gotten involved in something bad and, my marriage, if my marriage is on the rocks, you don't put your head in the sand and just hope it gets better. You deal with it. You work through it. We, I, I do have my eye on the future, and I know President Trump does as well. His Agenda 47 is the most brilliant policy I've ever seen in my life. I've covered politics for a long time. These are policies that are not right-wing. They're not extreme. They are common-sense policies to get us out of the quagmire we're in the hole we're in, and the disaster that Biden has set up. So he does have a plan for the future. We know he can do it because he's already gotten us out of a mess before. And we have to also fix our elections. Not fix, because that's what they do in Chicago. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) We need to reform our elections. All I want is for everyone's vote, one legal vote per legal voter. And I want want the Democrats' vote to count. I I, I say this at the end of my book and in the acknowledgments, um, and I'm talking about uh, I got to get I, I should know exactly how I said it. I, I, and I thanked a few people um, and I thanked um, President Trump, of course, and many other people. But I say finally to those who don't support our mission, we are fighting for your future, too. I know you will eventually come around and join us in making America great again. Well said. You're getting applause from the guys behind the glass. Just so you know, Carrie. These yeah. guys are tough New Yorkers. Yeah, well, he's drunk, so. He's, he's tearing he's up. He's always drunk. He's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, traffic is coming up next with Joe Nolan and more, of course, of Carrie Lake. We have 25 more minutes to go. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. All right, folks. Listen up, ABC listeners. I love this song. I get to Phoenix. I get to Phoenix. She'll be rising. She'll be sweating. I can promise you that. ARP. Hey, ARP of New York is sending you to see the the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. That's right. Get ready to enjoy an unforgettable day at the ballpark because I've got a pair of tickets right now. Giving away Tuesday night, July the 4th, the Ferry Hawks are taking on the Lexington Counterclocks. The call the number is 6 right now, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. The Ferry Hawks, our team on Staten Island, taking on the Lexington Counterclocks, comes your way Tuesday night, July the 4th. 
by uh, make that call now. You get these free tickets. Learn also how you can volunteer with AARP of New York. Visit aarp.org slash volunteer with AARP and why. And, of course, good luck to you. Back here with Carrie Lake. Our new book is out, Unafraid, and everybody's very excited about it. And uh, we talked about uh, President Trump. It's a big deal. He wrote the forward for your book. I had Audie Lang, John Katzmatidis, and Bernie McGurk on West his soul. You've got President Trump, and he said some really nice things. One thing I was going to ask you, if I remember correctly, maybe I'm wrong. One of your rallies in Arizona, when Trump was there, and he, he introduced you to the crowd, was that the one where Nigel Farage, one of those rallies, Nigel Farage had oh, me. Oh, I remember that. Was that, that yours? No, I was still a journalist. I was still a newswoman at that time, and I remember that. I got a lump in my throat. It was that your was, city, though, right? It, it, was, it was our city, yeah. Yeah, now him and I are good buddies. Anytime something Fantastic. happens in England, he comes on because that day, I didn't know he was. Spoke I watched him at that. Uh, such a good, right from I, the right, heart. Right, right. Like Trump did in your book. Read what uh, he said about it. Well, let me, let me give you a setup on this. First of all, as a journalist, I interviewed, President Trump granted me two exclusive interviews because that's what a fair journalist I was. I mean, most people would just try to do a hit job on him, and I never did that. And so, but I don't think he remembered that. When I, when I, then when I get into politics, he comes out to do um, an election integrity rally in July of ooh, 2021. Okay. July 24th was the date. And all of the gubernatorial candidates on the Republican ticket were there except one of them. I guess she was on a yacht trip or something like that. But so, you know, they, they brought in Turning Point, brought all of everyone running on the Republican ticket. So there were like four or five of us on the, you know, gubernatorial. And I got a rousing uh, when I did my speech, the crowd went wild, which was wonderful. A couple hours later, Trump shows up. He goes down in his speech and he lists all the, the candidates and he goes one by one. He says, so I'm going to read you from the forward what he wrote. Yeah. During the rally, I went down the list of candidates who had joined us that day. As I was naming the various Arizona gubernatorial candidates, something truly remarkable happened. I said the words, Carrie Lake, and the crowd went wild. Thunderous applause quite literally shook the room as thousands of Arizonans cheered, clapped, and screamed at the mere mention of Carrie's name. For the other candidates who were also there who were mentioned by me, this big auditorium remained virtually silent. Oh, my God. That's great for he, you, my apparently, God. Charlie Kirk uh, <laughs> told me that when they left the stage that day, he turned to Charlie and said, i got to find out more about this Carrie Lake woman. That's him. That's <laughs> and, Trump. And what's cool is uh, I told you the story because a month after that, I was here in New York City up in Trump Tower having a meeting with the president. My husband and I were sitting there um, – right in front of his desk and those red, you know, beautiful red chairs sitting across from him in his office. And I thought, wow, a month ago is when he first kind of went, whoa. And he said, when the, when the crowd went wild, it was a one full minute of just people chanting my name, cheering. It really felt, it really felt good, I must admit. Yeah. And President Trump, like, he pulled away from the podium and he said, wow, wow, this is going to be a good night for you. What was a better moment for you when the crowd went nuts or actually sitting with Trump in the in the Trump Tower the first time. I think when the crowd went nuts yeah. because this is yeah. a I have a love affair with Arizona. I mean yeah. these people are so amazing. The people of Arizona are just incredible people. They invited me into their home all those years. And so when I felt that love That's from That's awesome. Them, Although Arizona, you know, we, we talked about it uh if you're going to be honest about Arizona, 
And I've been there many times, Scottsdale, Phoenix. I think it's too hot. And I love the sun, as you can tell. Uh, but 115, sweetheart, is 115. Well, we have to weed out the weaklings, okay? <laughs> okay, I'll do weaklings. I went from a hitman to being a weakling. I well, like apparently. that. But, um, but on a serious note, the cartels, the drug issue, which, of course, is not your fault or Trump's fault. It's Biden's fault and Mayorkas and the rest of these losers. But it really is terrible, yes? It's terrible right now. And this is why they had to rig the election. I mean, all these weak governors, governors, I don't know if they don't realize it, they're too stupid to realize it, or they're controlled. Governors have a lot of control and a lot of power. Well, they get money, too, And I carry. was watching what was happening in Arizona as a mother, and I was appalled. Yeah. Like the governor's sitting there doing nothing. I actually called him do-nothing Ducey hmm. and doormat Ducey because he was a doormat to the cartels. Just because we have Biden, you know, when Trump was in office, I covered that border for 27 years. It had never been more secure. Day one, hour one, bumbling Biden comes in and pulls back all of that. That's an intentional attack on America, in my opinion. And I said, you know what? We don't need the federal government. We are 50 sovereign states. And when I become governor, I, I put forth the most bold, uh, aggressive plan for our border using Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the Constitution. If the government is failing us, there's the guarantee clause that requires them to protect us, then we have the ability to protect our citizens if we're yeah. under invasion. If we're, yeah. And we are being invaded. Sure. And they knew that the minute – I said the minute my hand comes off that Bible, we are going – we're going to go – uh, balls out mm. on this cartel. I like that. And so they yeah. had to actually yeah. stop me yeah. with the election. Well, they now know. we have a cartel lawyer in our Secretary of State's oh, office. We have a cartel lawyer. I know, ridiculous. Now, of course, people know, too, that you're uh, very pro-Second Amendment. So am I. You're not afraid to say, like my mother does, if they show up on my lawn, I'm going to shoot them. Uh, my mother does say that, by the way. Uh, so, and I'm with you <laughs> I like that. your mom. Well, you do. You love my mother. Uh, one of the things I like about your book, too, is you talk about McCain. And even, again, the most ardent Trump supporter thought Donald was a bit out of line the way he talked about John McCain. Uh, but because you do address the media, that. Because the media didn't cover that exchange fairly. Again, like, you know, they always take a, a snippet and they, they lie about that exchange. Mm. And, if, and I put the whole exchange that Trump had. Did you love McCain as an Arizonian? Uh no, you didn't I, love him. I didn't. No, you I covered, love the, you I love the fact him. that he served the country. I, I absolutely respect his. Sure. Of course, we all do. We, we respect our veterans. Right. But I'm going to tell you this. I covered that man for 27 years. And why is he the only politician who has some sort of a free pass where you can't criticize or comment on? Because he served. On his political. But there's other veterans who served. Who you you can't talk about his political decisions? I think you can, and I know he. And listen, his I know voting what he did. record, the Hillary Clinton stuff, the dossier. I yeah. know what he did. Let me tell you, he's the reason that uh, that dossier got to the FBI. I, he I took know that. that. He knew it was a BS dossier. He knew it was a hit job against our President Trump that the, the people love and respected, and he brought that BS dossier, marched it over to the FBI, and started this whole disgusting Russia, Russia, Russia thing. Yeah. And he put our he that really hurt our country. I agree with you. No, it listen, hurt our country. I think it's fair. To, let me let me tell you what else he did. Uh, he promised the people he'd come home every six months, or every six years, for six months, and talk to the people of Arizona and say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna repeal Obamacare. When that fell squarely on his shoulders, he walked in there and gave the thumbs down. Yeah. yeah. He said he was gonna build the wall, and then when President Trump gets in office and says, John, I want to build the wall. He turned against Trump. That's true. So I don't believe any politician should be free from critique, criticism, or comments. But somehow you can't talk about McCain. 
30 more seconds. I want to come back. We'll wrap things up with you. We didn't even get into what his he was up to in Ukraine. Oh, I know. You're right about that. We've got to read the book. That's more reason Uh, to read the book. Is it in the book? Well, I didn't get into McCain's uh, dealings in Ukraine, but, you know. He did have Sarah Palin as his vice president. I know you're considering running for Senate in the state of Arizona. What if Trump said to you, I don't, there's a lot of names out there, Nancy Mace and who knows who else. What if Trump said to you, you know what, Carrie, woman, strong, you're the perfect choice. Trump and Carrie Lake. That's a good sounding ticket, no? What do you think? You know, I I am really concentrating right now on my court case. That means she's in. She's in. (laughs) (laughs) I've been asked this question a few times. You know, I love it, though, when the fake news asks it, because I go, well, at least you're admitting that Trump's going to be the nominee. If you're already asking about VP, because I don't hear anybody asking about Chris Christie's VP, DeSantis's VP pick. I don't hear any of that. President Trump will decide that. You know, if there's anybody who doesn't even need a VP, I know you have to have one, but Trump is so strong and powerful, it doesn't really matter. I, I hope he picks somebody who can help him, who will um, take some of the shots for him and um, and go after some of these people so that he doesn't always have to be the one throwing punches. You know, he never like had you. that with Pence. Pence did not have, obviously he didn't have his back. We, he no. disappointed us greatly, no. Americans, but mm. he never um, stood up for Trump. No. You got to have a vice president who will throw a few punches. That's you. Well, I'm not saying that, but I am. Well, I, am. I am seriously considering running for Senate right now. We have Kirsten Cinema there. She votes with Biden 95 percent of know. the time. I get rid of her. And you're right. I don't feel sorry for Biden. I used to feel sorry. No, for him. no. He's but this animal. guy is owned by animal. the CCP. We literally have a CCP puppet yeah. sitting in the White House. He is uh, working for them, not for we the people. Agreed. No, he's and an his entire family is depraved, and I. Um, and they need to go. Agreed. Let's come back, do a quick break. A couple more minutes on the very out here with Carrie Lake, who has been nothing short of phenomenal. Lou loves her. Look at Lou. You love her, right? That's a strong lady. That is an incredible woman. Carrie Lake will wrap it up right after this. Off the wall. That's all. Radio 77. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. All right, we are back to wrap things up. What has been an amazing hour. I promise she'd be great. She was actually better. Carrie Lake, the book is Unafraid. About 50 seconds, Carrie. Tell folks why today they need to buy this book. Well, Thank you for having me on, Sid. I, I've been really enjoying my time in New York. You know, I want people to buy this book to show that when you stand up and do something that, you know, you're a little afraid of, although New Yorkers aren't really afraid, but sometimes they might be. Once you kind of pass through that and you go, all right, I'm making a, a big stand here. On the other side, you are truly unafraid. And we need to stand up right now. Use the, the most powerful weapon we have. Not our Second Amendment, although I do think that's pretty powerful. Yes. we got to use our voices right now. And I know New Yorkers aren't afraid to speak up, but we need to speak up. We need to support President Trump. We all know he is the man for the moment. Uh, I hope people will buy this book. You can find it at CarrieLake.com, Amazon.com, you know, Barnes & Noble. What's the best place to buy it? CarrieLake.com. because then you can see more about, um, you know, our policies. America First is the only way out of the mess we're in. The political elite are, are destroying our country. I'm talking some Republicans as well and some Democrats. We've got to... We've got to put America first. And that's why I love President Trump. That's why what my policy was, that's why they had to stop me. 
Because they thought, okay, we've stopped Trump. Now we got to, oh, geez, we have Trump in heels. (laughs) Holy smokes. Up in heels. And you know what? They're not stopping me. I I initially was just going to name this unafraid. And then I got uh, so many people saying, what's next? I said, I'm going to say just getting started just to send a shiver down their spine. Love it. It So we're not uh, going to stop. We're going to save our country. And I want people to have hope. The same God that parted the Red Sea is with us today. And he put us here at this moment because we are the people to save this great nation. That God had a part in making. And so I just thank you, New York, and I love you, and we're going to turn this thing around. Perfect. Carrie Lake, everybody. Go find her book, as she just started to talk about, Unafraid. And, yes, vote for President Trump in 2024. We're done for today. Big show tomorrow. Bill O'Reilly, Judge Napolitano, the cast of Gravesend, a host of others. Until Thursday, for Carrie Lake, I'm Sid Rosenberg. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.